0: Hey, what's up there? Surf Splendor podcast listeners. You know the drill. Let's get right into it. Uh, Actually, maybe you don't know the drill. Maybe you're a new listener. And uh, for those of you who are new to the show, I am David Scales. I am the host of Surf Splendor. And we basically do alternating formats. One week we do Surf News. That happens to be this week. Next week, we will bring you a profile episode, and um, so you get two episodes of each every month. We update the show weekly, but alternating formats from week to week. Last week's episode was with John Van Hammersveld, which is a name that I feel like from talking to people, they recognize the name but don't necessarily know uh, how they know him, and he's basically an artist. And where you know him from is the iconic Endless Summer poster, the original, the Glow poster with the silhouettes of the surfers with their longboards. John Van Hammersveld designed that poster and uh, went on to have a really successful career as an artist and graphic designer, working with the likes of The Beatles, Steve Jobs, um, a, a huge client list of mainstream and surf industry People And so I did an interview with him last week. If you didn't listen to that yet, go back, listen to it. It's in the archives. Last week's episode, I think it's episode 57. Everything is archived for free on our website, surfsplendorpodcast.com, as well as in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find it there. So enjoy that. Next week, I'm bringing you an episode with Timmy Curran, which will be really interesting um, chatting about, you know, his surf career, obviously, and then what he's been up to with his music career in the last few years. So look forward to that early next week. And um, and I think that's it. As I always say, if you enjoy the show, share it with friends. That helps the show grow. And then, of course, follow us on social media at Surf Splendor. All right. That's it for all the business. I'll be back at the end of the show to sign us off. Enjoy today's episode of Surf News with Scott Bass. Thanks.
1: Yeah, guy. Down the line, Surf Talk Radio, David Lee Scales. I'm Scott Bass, and we are coming to you from the Surfing Heritage and culture center broadcasting from this beautiful location we're in the library slash uh, uh, what's the perfect name for this room conference room but it's kind of a library and a conference The
0: boardroom
1: boardroom board room. Hey, no perfect. pun intended yeah, the boardroom you know what
0: i'm a fan one. of is the culture center more than the surfing heritage portion i just <laughs> yeah. love all the culture in here
1: yes believe me we uh we rebranded, I sit on the board here, and we rebranded the name, it used to be called the Surfing Heritage Foundation, mm. and we rebranded it, and we spent a solid six months trying to figure out a different name for it, wow. one that was more far-reaching, more inviting, you and should. Uh, we came up with Surfing Heritage and Culture Center, and it truly is a culture center, you bring up a great
0: point. I think you should put that same think tank on the... Um Lance Medina uh, name that you were trying to come up with.
1: <laughs> Lance Medina. Pulling Maybe. leashes, causing problems. You know, it's a good stinky con- face.
0: Good concept. Just needs a little bit tighter, kind of more, I don't know, concise name. Well, um, you know, I know
1: you have some, some information from the last show, some recap, um, but certainly you've given us a great segue mm. into what's happening. I'll say this, that David and I, as we sit here on this uh, Monday morning, October 20th, we're watching live the finals of the Mochi Rip Curl Pro in Portugal with Mick Fanning and Jordy Smith, and we're sitting here doing that.
0: Already my favorite episode that we've done together ever, just because we're actually watching an event. We've never watched an event together. We've never gone surfing together either. We need to figure that one out.
1: But usually, um, I surf alone, dude.
0: <laughs> Do you?
1: Yeah. I, I usually don't invite people to go. Surf.
0: That's fair. Actually. I don't either. I, I tend to like surfing by myself also. And I
1: hate it when people go, Hey, let's go surfing together. Not that I wouldn't yeah. like to go surfing with you. It's not that at all. It's just like, dude, I got an hour and a half and there's a certain tide. I'll see you out there. You know, right
0: like, No, I'm kind of the same way. I, I'm sad to admit, though I'm kind of becoming that way in all areas of my life. It's not just with surfing; like I tend to like going to the movies by myself better than with somebody else because they talk too much and they want to know my opinion as soon as we exit the theater. And it's like, whoa, dude, let me absorb this for a few minutes, you know?
1: You are officially becoming old. I, can see, I see gray in your mustache that you're know. growing. You're certainly salty, dude. You're closer to my age than I am to yours I think
0: I know it's actually like I said it's unfortunate and it's sad I'm not proud of it it's just <laughs> the way that it is I like myself better than I like other people <laughs> you're like that
1: salty old guy that sits on the park bench and feeds the pigeons because they don't talk back to you
0: exactly um, oh, but my. So just to bring people up to speed, with we Scott and I both showed up in the parking lot five minutes before the final started, came in to Shaq, got the Wi-Fi password, streaming the event, 25 minutes left in the final. Mick Fanning has a 5.67. It was a barrel to cut back. And now it um, looks like Jordy's making a paddle who doesn't quite get it. Mick's going left, getting shacked. Oh, my God, he might make it. Oh, my gosh. That was unbelievable. Okay, here's the deal. That was like an eight-point ride for sure.
1: <laughs> I got to say this. This is going to be the worst episode we've ever it's done. It's going to be the best, no, it's man. it's not. Come on. Because you cannot do play-by-play while we're watching. Nobody in listener land that listens to this tomorrow or the next day is going to give a crap. They're going to the passion. All, but they're going to all watch this on Heat Analyzer or they're watching it now.
0: And they were going to be curious what our thoughts were when well, we, we were watching. We
1: can it. give, you know. Okay. I'm, I'm concerned I'm not, about the show already based on. Because I've done this before and it uh, didn't work.
0: All right. I'm going to try not to, but that was an epic ride. Look at this thing, dude. All see, right. <laughs> see, see what I mean? Dead air. We're sitting right, here watching. Dead air. We're well, watching video. Let's nobody... bring people up to speed with what's happened okay. in the event so far. Like you said, I have catch up stuff from our last episode, but we'll get to that later. Since this heat's on right now, let's talk about the. The well, rib curl pro. The, uh,
1: yes, agreed. And the big news is Lance Medina had another Lance Medina moment. Gabby,
0: how about that?
1: Gabby, um, you know, a round three uh, failure, quite frankly, and in, a, in an odd way, and certainly left everyone scratching their heads. And it was great drama actually when it unfolded. I luckily I watched it live, and it was mm-hmm. it was very interesting. Um, what was going down You could tell that the webcasters I believe it was Ross Williams they, they didn't really know what to make of what was happening Maybe
0: break it down a little bit Okay, so round three he, Gabriel needs uh, If Gabriel, I think, would have made Basically, Gabriel just needed to make it through some heats and he would have eliminated other people's chance of winning the world title. He could have clinched the world title in Portugal, but he lost in round three to Brett Simpson.
1: Well, let me stop you there because he could have clinched it in Portugal and everybody seemed to think that he was going to. He brought this massive entourage, yeah. the entire Brazilian media uh, entourage. It was It was an influx. It was like uh, it was an overload of um, you know, let's celebrate Gabe's world title. And so there was, it almost jinxed it in a way. Yeah. There was just so much Brazilian hype and, and excitement. Maybe hype's not the right word. Excitement for Gabby winning the world title. And and so, um, you know, Brazil as a nation is very passionate about professional surfing. Gabby's a big deal over there. Oh, yeah. And um, much like Australia, very similar to Australia in the way they treat pro surfing. It's a big sport. It's one of the main national sports.
0: Right. And they speak Portuguese in Brazil. And so now they're in Portugal doing this event. And um, the beach was packed. And Sippo, Brett Simpson, I don't, I mean, he's only made it out of round two in one event this year, and that was Tahiti, I think. I think that was the only event he made it out of, out of round two. So he's had a horrible year. And um, he was in round three against num- the number one surfer. So the number one surfer, Gabe Medina, versus the number 32 surfer, Brett Simpson. Brett opened up the heat with like a 7.33, I think. And then. Um, wasn't able to find a backup until the very end. And Gabriel was kind of getting fives and sixes throughout. And at the very end, uh, Brett got a backup score of a five something for a couple of backhand turns. Gabriel heard the score, got a left needed a five, I think seven, seven or so. Yeah. And then ended, got kind of a chandeliery barrel, kind of a couple little turns thought that he got the score. So he went into the beach with two and a half minutes remaining the judges ended up giving him a 5-1-7, not the score that he needed, but he was literally in the contest zone on the sand when they called out the score. There's two minutes on the clock. Brett Simpson has the lead. He's in the water by himself, and Gabriel basically went in too early. It was an unbelievably rookie move. I, The, whole, the commentators were shocked. They didn't know. They thought maybe... He was pissed that Brett got the score for doing two backside turns on the previous wave. And so he was in there to go yell at the judges, which I thought was incredibly childish. But the fact that he left the water thinking that he got the score prior to having the judges call out the score was also incredibly childish. I think that was...
1: Well, you're assuming horribly. a lot. You're assuming a lot here, though. You're sort the one of like, do you know that that's what he was going to do, that that was his intent?
0: No, I don't. But the one thing I know for sure was that he got out of the water with two and a half minutes left, which that there's no good reason to do.
1: I would agree with that. And I'll say this. Um, Gabriel, Gabriel Medina is easy to dislike. He's not somebody, in my opinion, that, and we've gone over this ad nauseum, but his hat just got a little blacker. Oh, yeah. And it's easy. You can see why now, you know, you know a lot of us are like would love to see Mick or Kelly snatch victory from the jaws of Gabe's defeat
0: yeah well i i mean you know i've been kind of not not you want Gabe, to win, Gabe but, you want just, to win the world. You want Gabe. I just I just recognize his talent. That's so, all look, it is. They're all and talented. I don't discount it. No, they're but all he's talented. talented on a different level. He is. He's a great so, surfer.
1: There's no denying that he's so one I, of the top five surfers.
0: I don't discount his talent just because he's Brazilian. That's the difference between us. Okay. <laughs> well,
1: I discount anyone's talent that's not North American because exactly. I'm rooting for North America.
0: Exactly. And I don't. So at any rate. Him making that maneuver by exiting the water with two and a half minutes left, I thought was disrespectful to Brett. It was presumptuous and egotistical, and just I—I I was not. It was a fan Brazilian. Of that. I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead, maybe just say so, it. Maybe just so. say it. It was awfully Brazilian. Maybe over. that's what it was. I was just offended by it, and yeah. so I was glad that he didn't get the score, and I didn't think he deserved the score. I thought he was surfing very stiff and awkward and not like himself and so i was glad that brett was able to kind of dethrone gabby and send the world title race to pipeline more i was important.
1: sort of surprised by the score brett simpson got on that left i Were you really yeah i was i you know it was basically two turns mm-hmm. um it was a speedy crucial the second turn was certainly um you know incredible it was yeah. vertical and it was uh, you know, drifted, pop, drifted a and, bit. and but it was a white watery You know, you got to admit it, that section of the wave, it was kind of whitewatery and it just wasn't very sexy. The turn was incredibly sexy, but the actual wave, and I mean, it was just two turns. And think think about, I mean, Gabby got incredible tube, did two turns and the power of the wave, he was sort of all around the power of the wave. And I, you know, I don't know. I, I could see why if you're in Gabby's camp, you're a little frustrated and it seems a little... It just wasn't clear-cut. Let me put it that way. And generally, you know, it's it's almost... I've always said this, that you have to knock the champion out. Of course. Now, Gabe's not the champion yet, but, you know, you got... I think Kelly would have got the benefit of the doubt there.
0: Well, that's a good... We've discussed this a lot over the last year and a half. You have to wonder if Gabe got the wave that Brett got, where he did those two exact same backside turns, what score would they have given Gabe? And if Brett would have gotten the barrel and the two turns that Gabriel got, what score would they have given Brett? And I think that you have a good point that if Gabe would have done those backside two turns, they probably would have given him a three where they gave Brett a five seven seven. And if Brett would have got the barrel and the two turns, they probably would have given him a seven instead of the five, you know, because it's the number 32 surfer overachieving. So they give him kind of a better score, whereas the number one surfer underachieving, you know what no, I mean? No, you're absolutely right. It's it, weird the it way bring, that works. Well, it
1: brings into... Account, you know, the subjectivity of judging, you know, is is surfing a sport in the truest sense of the word, where you score your own points and you don't have to rely on anyone else, you mm-hmm.
0: know. Yeah, fascinating
1: round three, and then of course, so we've got this great buildup to, to Gabby winning the world title that's pulled from out from underneath and based on this really awkward heat, and then we've got Kelly in the very next heat who you know, the door's wide open. Opportunity is in front of him. All he has to do is get through the heat and he's failed. And the wave sort of failed. And this sort of brings up what we were talking about with France last week, that these beach breaks can be wildcard spots where the wave and the conditions have a lot to do with who gets through heats and who doesn't.
0: Do you think we need both France and Portugal on the tour? Because they're such similar waves.
1: Well, here's the thing is that when you look at it from a global perspective and all the interests involved, Europe wants two events on tour and France is a big part of European surfing. Portugal is a huge part of European surfing. So politically to just, to just look at it from the prism of, Hey, we're, let's just go to the great wave and that's yeah. it. Well, we'd go to Morocco, but there's no, there's no surfing. In, you know, there's no surf industry in Morocco or we'd go to some other wherever in Europe that's, I don't know where, but yeah, my point is, is that these spots are kind of like the Huntington beach, tour event it's like hey this is where the industry is man sure. you know like this is where we all surf this is where we all live these this is where we live and breathe and and dream about surfing this is surfing in europe yeah. and so if you're going to have a tour stop here these two spots are where it's at um but we don't need it we don't need it from the otherwise pris- from the print no right. we don't um not from the prism of of you and i fans right you know
0: i fully agree it feels like the same exact contest we were watching last week in france you know for two it's, weeks it's ago. not
1: dream tour stuff let's put it that way
0: but i mean when the waves are good i want to see it so i i think we it warrants having one of them like the way that the waves are right now i would say portugal, portugal's better i would say so too
1: portugal super tubes as a wave is always you know it,
0: it's it's a boogie board spot it's known for right. tubes and um so to bring people up to speed real quick, um, Mick has the backup score of like a five something something, five uh, six seven, and then Jordy got a seven six seven. So Jordy needs a seven point oh one to cares. make it through. All right, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Um, but so the Kelly Arritz Heat, I disagree with you. I think Kelly had opportunities. I don't think the waves failed him, is what I disagree with. I think Kelly had opportunities. He floundered once again, which he's done in Portugal multiple times. He lost last year to the wild card. And, um, he just doesn't, again, I don't, I don't, he doesn't showcase the drive that he's had in previous years. What was interesting is in his post heat interview with Rosie Hodge, she's like, well, you know, I guess this takes the title race to pipe. And Kelly's like, what? I thought I was out of the race. She's like, no, you're still in it. He's like, I broke my board into three pieces thinking that I was out of the title race and gave it away to the fans. So well, well here's the thing
1: what's so great about what you just brought up is that that really highlights what the point you're trying to make in normal does. situations Kelly's totally on top of all that
0: unbelievable
1: Sean Doherty wrote a great piece about how you know really it's kind of it's it's been in Kelly's hands a few times this year and he has failed to he's he's sort of he's sort of like um you know sleepwalking so to speak like he doesn't seem to have that gumption or that extra magical spark that we're used to seeing in Kelly Slater where he really snatches it, takes control of it, realizes it's in front of him and and does the most with it and really polishes the diamond or the jewel, if you will. And um, Which was my point exactly. last week,
0: but you disagreed with it well, last week. And I'm just saying... Here's more evidence. Yeah. Even, even Kelly Slater himself said in that post, just as you now
1: hate Gabe, I agree with you. Okay. Thank you.
0: Well, he admitted that he had multiple chances uh, in that post heat interview. Well, he said what was most interesting, right?
1: Was what he said about there's something missing in my, there's something in my life that's not in tune.
0: And he said, I've dropped the ball at multiple events and It's the most frustrating title race I've ever had. And he called himself Butterfingers. Just keeps slipping through his hands over and over again. Now, all that being said, Eritz surfs incredibly. And the day before when they didn't run the event and everybody was surfing and Kelly did the 540, Eritz was surfing out in front of the contest venue by himself, 8 to 10 foot, onshore, dredging barrels. And, uh, and he got one clip that was like an a plus eight foot barrel yeah, yeah and so it's like Eretz is out there training when everybody else is down just free surfing having a good time so I think that says something about eritz that I'd just like to I yeah. don't know I yeah
1: Eretz is a tube rider that's one of the things you can say yeah. about him he's a charger there's been some footage of him down um, in mainland Mexico getting some you know incredible bombs as well so
0: in Mundaka, where he's from Spain you know right. um, the other thing that we need to point out about uh, Gabriel's post heat interview is that I was making presumptions about why he left the water when I was watching the heat live. But in his post heat interview, he did admit that he thought he got the score and that's why he left the water. Uh, so one of those presumptions that I made was correct. Wow. Um,
1: well, it certainly was one of the most fascinating moments of, of all year on tour.
0: Yeah, it was Was
1: this situation that unfolded here as we all watched it and scratched our heads and yeah. It made so, for great drama. It made for great uh, must-watch TV type stuff.
0: One other detail that I think is worth pointing out is when Kelly was watching Gabriel and Brett's Heat from the, ju- the contest arena, putting his wetsuit on, he was wearing sunglasses. The first time in 30 years of my life I've ever seen Kelly Slater wear sunglasses.
1: Old man blue blockers or...
0: <laughs> I don't know what they were, but yeah. I mean, think about it. Have you ever seen Kelly wear sunglasses? No, it's a good point. Never. He'll be on the boat in Tahiti after post-heat wins in the midday sun, not wearing sunglasses, literally for 20 years on Mm. tour. I've never seen him wear sunglasses before. And it sounds like I'm joking, but it's like I've made note of it over the years. And then I saw him in that heat and I'm like, what the heck? He's off his game, dude.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting.
0: Um, At any rate... World title race goes to Pipeline. John John is actually out of it now because he lost just this morning to Jordy Smith in the semifinal. And Mick Fanning is still in it because he's in the final, potentially going to win this event. But I think, they haven't run all the numbers yet, but I think that um, even though Mick is still in it, if Gabriel at least makes the quarters at Pipe, there's nothing Mick can do to win it. Like even if Mick won the event and Gabriel makes the quarters, Gabe still wins the world title.
1: Yeah, we'll have to, Look into what I know that they're doing the numbers crunch now, and I was under the assumption that all he has to do is get out of the third round. Oh, Um, at Pipeline, yeah, Gabe. All he has to do is get out of the third round, even with Kelly. But I i I could be wrong, I don't know. We need to look at it because there were so many different things floating around on the internet yesterday. I couldn't make heads and tails of it,
0: right? Right. Um, another couple things worth pointing out in this event so far is. Jordy's been surfing incredibly well. He's not in contention for the world title, but um, he got a 9 5 in the round three heat, I think, which yeah. was just unbelievable. And yeah. he's been surfing well today. John John's had two 10s. John John looks so in form. It, it was a shame. John John's
1: the world champ. Let's just be clear. us think so. Well, if you were to scrub all the scoring and just show all of the events and go, oh, which yeah. guy's the best guy, John John. Who, who would you choose as your world champion? John John, without a doubt. He's like the. What's the, what would be the terminology for that? When there's a champion by the masses, you know, like the champion that's chosen by the masses, regardless of the subjectivity of the judging. Yeah. He's, he's our champion.
0: Yeah, I agree. Maybe we'll see him win something next year. You know, um, I was going to ask you too, how do you feel about like, They're basically running this event in two and a half days. Like today, they started with the last two heats of round three, all of round four, five quarter, semis, and finals. Meaning Mick, who is surfing his round three heat, would have had to surf five times if he lost round four.
1: Are they up against the... End of the waiting period? Yeah,
0: tomorrow's the last day. No, there's two or three days left, but the swell window's gone Well, you know
1: what? My feeling is these guys are professional athletes, or so they say, and so this is part of the deal. And if you don't like it, leave.
0: Okay, I agree with that, but as a fan... I almost don't enjoy it as much crammed into a short period of time. I want to see it stretched out over a week where we see a variety of conditions and they have to try to adapt, you know?
1: Sure. I mean, and as a fan, we want it to be eight to 10 foot pumping, thumping barrels too. It's just, it is what it is. You know, we would all love that perfect fan experience. We're dealing with mother nature. We're dealing with so much subjectivity in this sport. This league is, is, you know, just riddled or addled or adled. With, are um, any of those words? No. Um, with, <laughs> with you know subjectivity, you know with conditions, with the judging.
0: Well, what about Portugal has a lot of nooks and crannies, and so there's been a lot of swell when they weren't running the event, and bad winds with that big swell, which meant that the event contest, the contest site, the waves weren't necessarily good, but right around the corner they were pumping. So we've seen a bunch of free surf footage and images where they're getting perfect barrels down the beach. And that was one of the things Kelly said about his heat that he lost was he woke up early in the morning, went a couple miles down the road and surfed perfect barrels by himself for three hours, came back to the contest and was exhausted. And that was one of the reasons why he lost his heat. Um, which I would, I mean, that's more, discussion, I guess, uh, just in where is his headspace if he's doing that instead of trying to beat a Ritz. But I would also just point out that like, I, think I don't know. I Kelly
1: does that. I think those guys do that. I anyway. don't think
0: they, I mean, yes, yeah, some of them do. Maybe, but Maybe
1: not 42-year-olds, but I think the 22-year-olds do that.
0: When he was going up against a uh, Andy Irons for world titles and it came down to the p- final at Pipeline he wasn't doing that well, he wanted to win the final at Pipeline yeah. you know what I mean so his just his focus has shifted is all but um but during one of those free surf sessions we saw the spin heard around the world dude yeah, you want to talk about that
1: yeah the rotation heard around the world now I guess it was a five forty. Some are saying seven twenty. It was a five. No, I mean I know it was a five forty, but some are saying a seven twenty. Some are saying Kelly saying an eight ten, right?
0: Kelly's an idiot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, regardless, fascinating um, rotation, especially because of the on the offshore breeze. You know, you would think that would be difficult based on on the wind. You know, usually they like a little onshore breeze to get it out, but. Um, Look, I'm no aerialist, but and you don't have to be to just appreciate. This was on par with when Tony Hawk did the 900. This yeah. was like earth-shattering, groundbreaking uh, maneuver here in this sport, and um, well, and he's raised the bar. And in, in many ways, it was sort of a subliminal, you know, like Kelly kind of doing a mind warp on Gabby. I I, I don't think it was, John, there was any John. there was any purpose to that. Yeah, right. and John John, but he basically said, hey, you know. I may or may not be leaving after one more event here, but this is the new mark. Good luck, you know? And oh, by the way, you got to do it when you're 42 as
0: well. Yeah. So to reset that topic, for those, I'm sure everybody has seen it, but if you haven't, Kelly did a 540, full frontside aerial 540 rotation. Um, It was in a free surf session, documented by multiple angles on video and um, still cameras, Gabriel Medina was actually surfing down the beach in that same session Uh, John John was nowhere to be seen but at the end of the little profile video that Peter King put out on tour notes Kelly calls out John John and he's like hey man that section was out there for anybody to have where was John John right now well he's probably at home editing videos you know (laughs) so kind of called him out
1: I believe that John John was with Peter Mal surfing one of the big wave spots in Portugal I saw some of that footage was that, that the same day yeah it
0: was um so, talking about 540, 720, whatever, he does 540 degrees rotation in the air and lands faky or backwards. Yeah, fins first. Fins first. And then completes an, another half a rotation, landed in the whitewash. So, the 720 is completed, but you know, 180 of it is in the whitewash. So yeah. I'm calling it a 540 because 540 degree rotation in the air yeah, itself.
1: Yeah, and that's fine. That's that's what it was. And, yeah. and uh, that's more than enough.
0: Yeah, and Stab Magazine interviewed Dane Reynolds about it. And Dane's comment was, I wouldn't think that Kelly has even tried that before, which is crazy. Pretty much looks like he's hitting the lip. He doesn't know exactly what he's going for. And he just gets crazy pop off the lip. And he's like a cat, and he always lands on his feet. Him and John John have that cat-like ability to just land on their feet. Unquote by Dane Reynolds.
1: Yeah, so. that's that's a pretty good breakdown from an expert. So yeah.
0: Yeah, and. Uh, Craig Anderson was saying like he's actually been trying to do the rotation and he almost stomped one a couple days ago. But... Whatever, dude. Well, <laughs> he was asked for his comments. It's I not know. like he just tweeted it. Yeah, but that's uh, the
1: wrong thing to say. Well, I've actually been trying to do. Well, they were a... asking, you know, I know, but, all right, all right. but I mean, think about it. Like if you were asked about it, I wouldn't know. you say, Hey, this is what he did rather than this is what I'm doing. Sure.
0: But, um, but I think Dane has a good point. Kelly, even when he said, like when they interviewed him after the fact, it was like, I don't think he was trying to do it. He just had a ton of speed, a perfect section, and just tried to do a fast rotation, and he ended up spinning. He does like a double grab on the toe side rail just for a split second, and even that looks improvised. It doesn't look like he's trying to go for a grab at the beginning, but it just gets a little wily, and he grabs it. Um, incredible aerial, best air I've ever seen in my life. It was really amazing. I woke up in the morning, saw it, was just freaking out, and then... I mean, it got a million views. I think in one day, TMZ posted it. Huffington yeah. Post posted ESPN it. ESPN
1: Sports Center. It was on ESPN Sports Center. Yeah, tons of mainstream. It was a breakthrough, uh, you know, maneuver and um, certainly um, a watershed moment for the sport.
0: Yeah, Kelly talked about it on Instagram, and he actually later deleted. This caption. I think there was a little controversy about it because he said he spent the night texting with Todd Richards, the snowboarder, trying to figure out and find a name for it, like hashtag Ebola Air, like Ebola Air. Oh, uh, but it's because it spread fast, but too soon.
1: <laughs> no, that's wrong. I'm so glad he deleted that.
0: That's why he deleted it. But that was the first line of his Instagram post, or the claim jumper, he called it. Um, and the uh, huey
1: lewis and the news the
0: huey lewis and that's kind of what he stuck with was we're going to call it the hashtag huey but the e-bowl i think was what got him into hot water so For he, sure. he deleted the post um
1: that's a bad move bad call he's just point. trying to be clever and you know he's
0: you know that's
1: just in bad taste but everyone does those things and I'm going to give him a pass. Are you? Of course. That's nice of you, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, you know, we're all human. Yeah. No one's perfect.
0: Um, Although your hair is perfectly quaffed, I got to say. <laughs> is it really? How about that? I did not comb it today. <laughs> Thank you. Oh Too my. bad we don't have any video to showcase this. Oh, Lordy. Um, so, yeah. Interesting. Huge air. What else, dude? Um, any other thoughts on the air heard around the world?
1: You know, just just that it broke my internet that day. You know, it was it, it, that air and the amount of people that reposted it it was just non-stop at some point don't you get kind of frustrated with that like look everyone's posting the same thing you know? yeah
0: so i can't post it like i was gonna post it and then i just realized like, everyone's posting it. yeah like, there's no point in posting yeah. it um how do you feel about the name the huey
1: oh that's fine whatever i don't i'm not you know it, it doesn't rock me one way or the other you know Yeah. I, I don't care either way
0: i was waiting for you to give me some sort of a. Uh, uh, Huey Lewis lyrical pun right there.
1: (laughs) No. Um, you know, I'm stoked for Kelly. It's really cool. The thing that, that I sort of chew on is, you know, that, that post heat interview where he said, there's something that's not right in my life. You know, Kelly's so in tune with his, his, his whole being spiritual, emotional, physical. And, you know, I think that he knows what's wrong in his life. He's just not going to say it, but there's something that's, Whatever it is, he's so in tune with what's going on within him that... Um, if you had to speculate. I I don't know. I, I'd hate to speculate, but there's something that he needs to get right. Mm. And um, Well, I have but a speculation. That's fascinating. Go ahead. Speculate away.
0: I've said it before. I just think he's got Outer Known, a clothing brand that he's trying to launch. Yeah. Could you imagine developing an yeah. na- international distribution... All the production things that you have to think about. I mean, all the branding, all the licensing. Like, it's just like an unbelievable amount of work. Yeah. And he's actively involved. He takes uh, pride in being involved in the production process. And and Perps, the energy thing or the health drink brand. You know, it's yeah. like he's got all these other balls that he's juggling. Plus, his son is about to win a world title. John, <laughs> John, John. Yeah. John.
1: Uh, Mick Fanning just won the Mochi Rip Curl Pro.
0: Yeah, worth noting, Jordy did not get a backup score. No. Jordy only had a 7-6-7, never got a backup score. Mick had a 9 and a 6.5. And the
1: 6-5, he got under priority, under Jordy's priority, and there was a bit of a paddle battle. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that.
0: Yeah, pretty epic event, man. Well, So Mick's now in the
1: running uh, for the world title. Yeah. But a lot yes. of bad stuff has to happen to Gabe mostly, but also to Kelly for and Mick to win a... Uh, back to back.
0: And Kelly needs to put that other bull crap on the back burner and just focus on winning Python. What
1: about um, his girlfriend? What about her? I don't know. Maybe there, there's, you know, when you think about unease in your life, you can generally look to your significant other as a cause for some of that. Maybe there's some of, I mean, he, you mentioned the business point, the business aspects of his life, but maybe there's also that you know who knows again pure speculation we don't have any insight into it we're just sitting here riffing about it
0: if i had to offer my i don't know uh mildly informed opinion i would say i'm not too concerned about that just judging i mean i follow him and his girlfriend on social media and all that and they seem like they're having a blast in europe hanging out doing the wine and cheese thing going shopping in paris and all that uh, standard yeah. operating procedure for them, so I don't and, know. And
1: maybe it's just internal, you know, like do do I start a family? Do I yeah, get married? Do I, like where that. do what? Are, you know, there's as you mentioned, it's almost like he's getting tugged in 15 different directions. Yeah. He can handle 14 different directions, but he can't really handle 15. You know, whatever it is, there's that one thing that's just kind of put him over the edge where his mind space isn't quite focused, isn't quite clear.
0: Right. I'd like to point out we have. Uh, By the way, I,
1: Sean Doherty wrote a great piece on. On Kelly's Mindspace. Yeah. Um, if you get a chance, go to coastalwatch.com and Let's read just Sean the, Doherty's blog. Yeah, and we'll put it on our, our website.
0: Yeah, Put we'll put everything on our websites, including the post heat interviews with Kelly and Gabriel, which were both very telling, I thought. Yeah. Gave a lot of insight uh, when they both lost in round three. So, surf com and down the line radio.com. Um, well, the rip curl event's over, so let me reset with some follow-up from our last episode you and i had a conversation about um free surfing versus kind of professional competitive surfing the asp and you were saying the asp is gaining more popularity and you think free surfing is kind of going to become less and less popular i was taking the opposite stance maybe
1: maybe let's rephrase that okay free surfing is what we all do that's not going to be less popular what i'm suggesting is that the power of the quote unquote free surfer as it as that surfer relates to selling product for the industry brands for rip curl and for Hurley those companies I don't think um, it has as much cachet as the professional surfer I think the professional surfer has more cachet than he's ever had with these brands the whole concept of, clay marzo dave rostovich craig anderson these free surf types now there will be one or two that still move the meter so to speak but i'm of the opinion that we're going to see less and less um, of those free surfers move the meter and i mean you know sell product for these companies i don't mean like who's yeah everyone's putting out great video clips but are they selling product do they Do they mean anything? Are they a substantial asset for these industry, uh, for the surf industry companies?
0: When you're hiring for a small business, you wanna find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. free that's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free terms and conditions apply i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're hear us in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not
1: as um, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't
0: want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so
1: many more doors. The The show is called The The Deal.
0: Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I kind of... uh, We got some feedback about that, that conversation on social media and via email. People had opinions about it. I'm wondering if... The free surfer, the ultra talented free surfer, um, is able to straddle both worlds nowadays a little more effectively than they were in the past. Like, for example, um, John, John Florence. Well, John, John, he's, he's not best, a free surfer. But no, but my I point is. I agree with you. John, John's a great he's, example. He's the best free surfer in the world right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. And in the past, like Dane Reynolds' era, the, the short past. But Dane Reynolds' era
1: is over, isn't it? I love I'm, it that you stated I, it like that. I'm a, okay with that. The Dane Reynolds but, era is officially over. I'm with you on that. Five bonus.
0: years ago, Dane would have just said, Look, I'm going this path just to do the free surf thing. I think John John, the modern surfer, has the ability to be like, Look, I can be the best free surfer in the world, put out the best video clips, and still vie for a world title. Yes. And so both things can coexist nowadays. Well, not and, only
1: for John John. Name well, another Kelly, right?
0: Yeah, John John, All of the
1: guys that do it Are already pro surfers Is my point Jordy Pro surfer Yeah But On on the tour I would
0: also argue though That we're We're in an era right now All the guys
1: that straddle Both sides Are already Have already proven themselves On tour John, John, Craig Anderson, go with a no, guy. that I know, no, I know. Is Craig I'm, Anderson going disagree- to make his way onto I'm, the tour?
0: No, but I'm not disagreeing with you. But what I'm saying is that John, John developed more cachet as a free surfer before he joined the world title or even the QS. He was getting cover shots at Pipeline since he was six years old and putting out banger video clips. You know what I mean? So he, he didn't have to do the world tour if he didn't want to. But my point is just that currently, I don't think that there's a great example of a free surfer um, who's just pursuing free surfing in and of itself. We're kind well, of in who a are down they? time.
1: Who well, are they? I mean, they all are. I would argue that all the free surfers are. Like if, if you know, Clay Marzo, Craig Anderson, Dane Reynolds, yeah. um, those guys, they're all pursuing it. Yeah. They're just failing. Well, None of those – well, Dane, Dane, I think, probably still moves the meter a little bit for Quicksilver, but less for than, sure, less you're right. Month. I would agree with that. that he's so, just – Yeah,
0: he's he's waning. I, as a follow up to our conversation, I did kind of a breakdown, social media breakdown of um, statistics with free surfers and world tour surfers. Instagram is kind of where surfing lives, you know, or or the main uh, social media uh, app for surfers, kind of to to promote whatever it is that they're doing. Alana Blanchard has the most Instagram followers at 1.1 million. Kelly Slater is in second place with 894,000 followers on Instagram. Both of them
1: are on tour, on the world tour. Correct. And so they're not free surfers in my opinion. I no. mean, purely free surfers. No, I know. Okay. I'm sorry. Maybe
0: making your point for you here with these stats. Gabriel is 586. Fanning is 288,000. Coco Ho and Julian Wilson, 236,000, uh, a hundred thousand, 236,000. Yeah. Uh, and then John John Florence, 222. Uh Steph Gilmore, 207. And then where uh, do we get a, f- a pure free surfer in this list? That's what I'm getting at, dude. Under a hundred thousand followers, Dane Reynolds at 91. Luke Davis, who I mentioned last time, is at 79. And I was drawing a comparison between Luke Davis and Kai Otten because they're both on reef, kind of on the same tier, but one's free surfer, one's world tour server. Kai Otten's got 24,000, whereas Luke has 79. So if you're doing an apples and apples comparison, those would be the two guys I think you could look to. And I would say Luke's moving more board shorts than Kai, but. I don't think Luke Davis is moving any board shorts. And that's fair. But to your point, these world tour guys all have around a quarter of a million until you get to like the top three guys who have half a million and close to a million. And um, where do
1: a, a lot of the um, free surf moments that you see from these world tour guys, where do you see that stuff? The ASP puts that stuff up on their website. They're like, hey, lay day in Portugal. Yeah. Watch this incredible tube from a Ritz, from Kelly, from the guys. Watch this 540. A lot of the stuff, oh, we're in Tahiti on a lay day. Look at Kelly at the right. You know, like a lot of the free surf stuff that's, that's put out is
0: done by the ASP. Yeah, that is true. Um, They're not, the surfers aren't really doing as much self-promotion as they used to. I think the model in the past was like instantaneous, whatever we get today, let's post it tonight. But I think a lot of them are holding stuff back now and then maybe doing a once a year video, kind of like they used to five years ago or 10 years ago. Josh Kerr just released um, the Kersey movie about a week and a half ago, and I watched it, and it's good. It's kind of his A-clips from the last year or two. It's not phenomenal, but it's good. What I liked about it was that um, they did interviews with Kelly Slater, his, uh, uh, Josh Kerr's wife, his kids, and some people that gave you insight into the background, backstory and his background into his life. Um, one of the interesting things that I had heard a number of times reported was that he was hit by a car on the North shore about 10 years ago. He left a party drunk, was walking down the road and actually got hit as a pedestrian by a vehicle and broke his leg. And he was laying on the side of the road, passed out from the pain, but also he would, he had been drinking and coincidentally Kelly Slater found him. Kelly, really? Slater. Kelly Slater's That's walking. an
1: incredible story
0: Kelly's walking down Cam Highway And is like Oh my god What's it's... Kelly
1: Slater doing In the middle of the night Walking down Cam Highway Who, who knows <laughs> That needs to be Okay so what time of night Is this do you know
0: I don't recall But I mean it was after a party Kelly Slater midnight.
1: found Kersey Somewhere
0: <laughs> So Kelly calls. <laughs> Kelly recognized at, at like midnight. And Josh Kerr knew who Kelly was, but he didn't know Kelly knew who he was. Uh. But Kelly did. So Kelly calls Ru- the guys at Rusty, and he's like, "Hey, dude, Josh Kerr's out." I think he called an ambulance first, and then called the Rusty team managers. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Hey, Josh Kerr's laying out here with a broken leg. Paramedics are coming." And they're like, "Who is this?" And he's like, "It's Kelly Slater." And they're like, "Yeah, right, dude," and they hung up on him. so then eventually eventually the rusty guys found out that this was all substantiated so they call kelly back and they're like hey dude i'm so sorry for hanging up on you we thought it was a prank call and kelly's like oh no worries yeah yeah but um, I mean, well, it's the North Shore. It's that's a small... interesting.
1: So that that's the most interesting part of the Kersey movie. And I've never even seen the movie. And the reason I say that is that you're right. We're at this place where we're kind of inundated with stuff. Like it took a 540 for us to even go, oh, okay, cool, I'll watch this. Totally. You know what I mean? And, and it's that case of too much stuff. And, yeah. and in a way, it's kind of like the guy who holds back, like Dane does, you know, and goes, look, you're going to get my next clip in six months. And there's some natural buildup. That's a kind of a smart move. It's getting to a point where it's like, okay, another aerial, you know, I get it. Or, you know, not, you know, that doesn't, I'm not saying we don't enjoy watching new stuff. You know, we're, we're especially like swells. Like, look, there's a right. new swell, but, but it, there is a sort of, we've, we've been overwhelmed.
0: We have been. And the problem with Dane doing that is that he hasn't been posting a video every six months.
1: Well, it's better be better than the last one is right. the thing. And, and Dane, I mean, he looks pretty large. <laughs> <laughs> he's got like a muffin top going.
0: Whoa, dude. I love muffin tops. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so does Dang. Top of the muffin No, I don't
1: know what he looks like today. I'm sure he's in great shape. I'm sure he's out no, at Rincon right now. But he's not sprightly. Yeah.
0: Um, well- um, Is that a word? I'm not sure. But, oh um, uh, God, what's the name of that? Um, that- miniseries. Epic TV is the website. They are doing a mini-series. I mean, literally it's called mini series because Dane Reynolds Filmer is nicknamed Mini. And so they're doing this mini-series focused on Mini Blanchard, Jason Mini Blanchard, Dane Reynolds Filmer. I think it's a three part series. They just released episode one. And so um it's cool because it's focused on the filmer himself, but Minnie's been a big part of Dane's life and promoting Dane's career. They've worked together longer than any surfing and filming team in uh, in the history of surfing. And he kind of started working with Dane when Dane was 16 or so. And he's helped really mold Dane's image, I guess, and persona because he's been protective of the footage that he gets And so this series is focused on their relationship. It's in three parts, starting when he was 16 and kind of chronologically bringing us up to speed. So I'll post that on Surf Splendid Well, that sounds fascinating too. I thought it was good.
1: Anything that doesn't have actual surfing in it kind of interests me. You know, we get some backstory and-
0: Yeah, and the surfing that is in it is archival footage, which is also interesting to see Dane ripping at a young age. He was riding really big boards. Oh, sure,
1: we all were, 6'2". But right?
0: another kind of thing just that I saw last night at the last minute was there's another filmer in that area that's been getting a lot of hype. His name's Nor... I don't know if it's his name, but his Instagram name and his Vimeo name is Norwell. And he'll just post random clips of Bobby and Dane and all this stuff. And apparently he had a little falling out with, um, with Minnie. I personally had a little interaction with Minnie, which was... Uh, I don't know not 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 too cool i guess minnie's kind of a dick <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> just to call it out oh my god what happened and um and so <laughs> apparently or you are we're not
1: sure like minnie's got a side to this story right? i'm sure
0: minnie does have a side to this story and uh what happened well norwell basically posted this instagram last night going hey thanks to minnie blanchard for uh, harassing me about me posting dane footage online I'm now posting all of my Dane footage online for free for anybody to download. If you go to my Vimeo page, it's accessible entirely for free. Um, so there's e- a
1: Norwell versus mini drama. Exactly. That, that's happening. And it's, and it is a mini drama, isn't it? It's kind it of is small kind of a mini drama. and, and you can get free Dane footage because Norwell's basically given Mini the fu.
0: Exactly. Radical. Yeah. So, and Norwell's kind of, I'm going to get that footage. I'm going to be. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to make my own little mini drama. Here's specifically what uh, Norwell's oh Instagram post said. It said, due to Minnie Blanchard being a disrespectful dick, free, days, free daily Dane Reynolds footage, raw footage available for download at vimeo.com slash Norwell9. And then there's, of course, a bunch of uh, stuff in the so comments section. fun stuff with that, with that content. Yeah. so Okay. Blank- give
1: me some comments. What are some of the comments? Well, Minnie afterwards? Blanchard. Well, did Minnie chime in? <laughs> Minnie chimed in. Uh-huh.
0: Uh Basically, people just saying, "Hey, that's a really heavy call." Minnie's a legend, you know.
1: Oh, right.
0: Um, and then Norwell's like, "Hey, you reap what you sow." People are like, "It's just unprofessional to do something like that." Minnie finally chimed in at some point and said, "Cool, dual angles," <laughs> and. um so Minnie's, I guess, got a light heart about it. But my personal interaction with Minnie was Quicksilver hired me to film. I did I did work for Quicksilver, video work for a couple of years. And um, when the US Open came into Huntington Beach, they were like, hey, follow Dane and Kelly around and just shoot the free surfing stuff. Whenever you see him running down the beach, you know, just tag along. So I had been shooting a number of days of Dane free surf stuff. And Minnie comes up to me hot headed, like with a lot of aggression and was like, hey, who are you? And I'm like, what do you, who are you? You know, I didn't really give him any information or tell him what I was doing. And I didn't quite figure out who he was at first. He's like, why are you filming Dane? And I'm like, dude,
1: cause he's the best surfer in the world he, at the yeah, moment. And,
0: and it's a beach with thousands of cameras on it. What are yeah. you talking about? And he's like, what are you going to do with that footage? And I'm like, dude, don't worry about Watch it. You Watch know? it. Yeah. And so I never said anything to him, but he was just, coming at me with a lot of aggression. And I was like, who is this guy? And then I kind of put two and two together once he walked away. But, um, but it's like,
1: all right. So he was protecting his scene and he saw you as a,
0: which I kind of understand. It's like, he's being protective of Dane and, and, and that's respectable in a sense. But what are you going to do, man? Beat (laughs) up random people. There's thousands of cameras on the beach. (laughs) Like that's not really the right approach. If you're trying to protect your buddy's image, I respect the notion of wanting to protect his image, but yeah, I don't know. Whatever. You know? So anyways, that was just a little interesting uh, Instagram drama I saw last night, but the mini series is worth watching. And- Do you think
1: and has talks with Dane about his weight, his weight gain? Like, dude, you need to, you're like, uh, you're looking a little large. I have large no time. idea. Dude. Do, does, how does that go down? Does it go down? Like, I don't how know much power has- does Minnie have over Dane?
0: I don't think he's a life coach. Let's put it that uh- way. <laughs> One of the things Minnie said in this thing was like he was working at the produce or the meat counter to, at a uh, grocery store prior to getting into surf filming, you know. So I don't think that he really has a lot of, uh, I don't know, life coach. Uh, yeah, he's not like thera- t-
1: Tony Robbins.
0: Therapeutic, yeah, uh, coaching or schooling background or anything. At some point, though, he's
1: going, dude, you're, you know, it's obvious that you're
0: gaining a little bit of weight. Yeah. It's good for your power surfing, but. Dude, if somebody's paying you four million a year just to free surf, why would you ever leave the beaches of Ventura? <laughs>
1: why wouldn't you eat a burrito yeah, constantly? And
0: exactly, and so mixing a Coors Light, maybe more power to them, You know, um, jeez, dude, that's enough Dane talk. Follow up conversation from last time too. We were kind of open the show just talking about journey because I think you, I, I forget how it happened, but. Coincidentally, the very following week, Steve Perry was filmed. I saw
1: that. That was so cool.
0: Steve Perry, former lead singer uh, of Journey, was in the in the stands at the Giants game in San San Francisco Francisco. Giants baseball, and the stadium started playing um, "Don't Stop Believing," the Journey song, and then Steve Perry happened to be in the audience, and he starts singing along with the song, and the cameras find him, and he ends up leading. Forty-three thousand fans in kind of a sing along of "Don't Stop Believing" in Giant Stadium. That was a which, really
1: cool moment. Yeah, kind of cool. that was really neat. We'll
0: post that little video. Surf Splendor. Did August.
1: you read my blog? I wrote a follow up blog Did on you, the Ryder Cup.
0: So are concept. you writing? You got like a blog going and a forecasting thing going on your website now? Is that, yeah, I'm
1: trying to get my ramp my game up to David Lee scales. <laughs> you
0: are, dude. I actually added
1: some um, tags too, so we'll be able to see. I think I'm in the process of figuring it out, so we'll be able to see how many people are listening to the to this show.
0: So I'm impressed. This is not competing with me in any way because I only update when I have new episodes. You're updating daily now. No, no, no. Well, your not. forecast is oh yeah, daily? the forecast
1: is daily, but I I do a daily forecast for KPBS here in San Diego. But you never every put every it on morning. your website until well, now. Like last I do. Yeah, week. now I am. Right. Right.
0: Right. Legit, dude. Yeah. You're gonna compete with like the surfline so, the world or what?
1: No, 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 no. Seems surf like Surfline's did I, did they, I get a, I glean a lot of information from Surfline. I, I consider them a partner. Fair enough. I'm a big fan of Surfline. So tell me about your blog, too. Well, you tell me. Did you read about... You know, I just basically... Like, last time, I think we talked about nation versus nation. Didn't we touch on the Ryder Cup we concept did. a little bit? We
0: did, and that got a bit of feedback, too.
1: And so I was just thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? I should probably write out and, and kind of excavate my thoughts on the idea of a nation versus nation event with the elite of the world, the ASP's elite, not the ISA, not like, you know, the has that got kicked off the CT and now, you know, this isn't for, you know, whoever, this is for the elite of the elite in each nation. And so I, anyway, I'm not going to, I'll let you read it if you want to read it. It's on the boardroom's uh, blog, but I was wondering if you read
0: it. No, I did not read it. Uh, <laughs> now I know how
1: you feel when you, did you, when listen, you ask me if, did, I, if I listen to your show. Did you
0: listen to last week's uh, John Van Hammersfeld episode of Surf Splendor? I did not. Did you even know it existed? I did not know no, it existed. You did not. So,
1: tit for tat, buddy. Oh my God. We're doing a great job of, of sort of self-promoting each other's work.
0: I'll come to the boardroom show. How's that? <laughs> you say
1: that sort of half-heartedly like you have to
0: go. I don't. Uh, but I did not listen, but I did develop another thought about it. I don't think it needs to be a separate event, the Ryder Cup thing. What if the ASP just tabulates kind of yeah. some sort of statistic throughout the throughout yeah. the, the regular CT year, and then at the end of the year shows how Brazil did versus Australia? And yeah, so that forth.
1: would be neat, but I don't think that carries the same sort of... you know, What I basically wrote about is that this is good for the WSL or the ASP, if you will because what it does is it's going to bring nationalism will bring mainstream um, eyeballs to the sport. Like for instance, I don't watch swimming, right? But when the Olympics are on, I want to watch Michael Phelps destroy the rest of the field. And that's the only time I'll watch swimming and I'll be into it and I'll be stoked. Same with the world cup of soccer. Look, I'm not a football fan. I'm not a soccer fan, so to speak. Right. I don't watch the MLS. I'm not one of these premier league guys. And there are a lot of guys out there that are into it, but, but when the World Cup is on, I will watch and I'm not the only one. I, I did some research into the ratings and World Cup ratings were off the chart and the USA wasn't even in the final. The final for the World Cup ratings here in North America it was like 26 million viewers. So taking that understanding and saying, hey, OK, if, if it works for these two sports, if it works for Olympic curling, if I'm watching Olympic gymnastics, something I normally would not watch, then it's not too far of a leap to say maybe it will work for surfing. We can get new mainstream eyeballs, which means new mainstream eyeballs for the sponsors of the WSL. By the way, I've heard some rumblings through uh, the grapevine. None of this is, um, this is all sort of, um, you know, coconut wireless sort of stuff, but well-placed individuals at some of the events. Um, and, I'm, and I'm hearing that, that, you know, things are not good for the ASP from a fiscal standpoint really now again I have nothing to base this on other than rumblings I'm hearing about you know Red Bull wanted to do this when and and you know certain people in the ASP were trying to leverage um what Red Bull wanted to do against you know another drink drink yeah there's just a lot of stuff um that I'm hearing and um Again, I, I don't. What I don't want to do. I'm a big fan. You and I are big fans. We don't. I. I want the ASP to succeed. I'm just telling you what I've heard through the grapevine. And again, it could just be that, just industry um, banter, uh, nothing more, nothing less. But you know, for you got to wonder
0: whether smoke there's fire type thing. For the record, Jordy is wearing his Red Bull hat on stage right now. which oh, we well, have that's been a discussion topic in the past because right. that was going to be. They're, they're, they're poo-pooing that, but he got grandfathered in because his contract was before
1: the contract with Monster Energy. Drink.
0: Yeah, and they put um, at every event, every at every Portuguese event each year, they put these um, traditional Portuguese hats on the finalists once they get on stage. So Jordy has that hat on, but he has it on over his Red Bull hat pulled back so that you could still see the Red Bull logo on his ball cap. Oh yeah. I'm looking at that. That is classic. So interesting. Good for him. So to your point though, about the fiscal strugglings. And I'm
1: just, this is again, I I don't have anything to base this on. Like I don't want to be the guy that's putting out negative energy about the ASP, but I did hear this. I was on a phone conversation with somebody who's in, in there with guys that are in there that know what's happening. And there's, you know, here's the problem, dude. How much do you think each one of these events costs to put on millions, Millions, right? Millions. Well, right now, like I'm looking at the background, the backdrop, they've got Samsung galaxy as a sponsor, rip curls in there. I guess the city of Mochi. I don't even know what Mochi is. It's like
0: a a data or a telecommunications company, I think.
1: So I'm just wondering
0: if they're pulling it off
1: financially. Like I'm looking at the landscape here and I'm going, man, are they pulling it off now? Who knows? You know, maybe they are.
0: Yeah. But here's what you got to realize too, is that even if you have a lot, if you, even if you have more money coming in than is going out with a business, the first few years I know, of a business, I know. this
1: is a four or five year plan. I'm with are you. so I difficult. And yeah. so
0: there's going to be challenges. Well, one of the
1: biggest challenges is the ASP. Why they changed the name to the WSLs? because they're having a hard time selling the ASP to some of these agencies. They're like, dude, you know these guys were already in here three years ago, and we poo pooed it. And so yeah. they're they're doing all they can, and I'm stoked for them.
0: Yeah, I would say they're where there's smoke, you're right, there might be fire. But at the same time, freaking I, a some people are. I think there's people, people out there
1: that want to see the downfall of the WSL of the ASP. I think there's people that that are secretly yeah. like, cool
0: man, I, d- destroy those people. It. I'm not interested in though. You know what I mean? I mean the the powers that be are doing a phenomenal job. They're trying their best. I think that they're executing but it's just it takes a long I time and I there's totally so agree. much gossip involved yeah. that's just going to thwart any progress that they make so the few people who are in that board meeting that they probably shouldn't have been because they're going to come out and gossip about it you know what I mean like those financial stuff ha- that financial stuff happens in every company even successful companies and that's why very few people are privy to that information because it scares off shareholders and everybody else so that's all I'm saying yeah um, let me see. Oh, uh, I was going to play something for you real quick. Is it short and good? It's fantastic, but it's not to do with the ASP. All right, go ahead. All right, dude, let me cue it up. What do you got here? You're, You're going to be
1: Is it music or is it you singing? What what's
0: going on? Let here? Let me see if the mics can pick. Where it's up.
1: always six feet and perfect, which is what I've written down here. It's always six feet and perfect inside the cyber world. We're here to inform, entertain and enlighten you, inspire you. And we're going to do our gambits to do that. Now, if you want to get involved in the show, please give us a call. 877-792-SURF. That's
0: 877-792-7873. The voice sounds familiar, doesn't it? That is me. That is my voice. What does this sound like to you? Is this the first ever uh, in the lineup from Surfer Magazine? It is the first ever in the lineup from Surfer Magazine. Wow. That was in 2005. November 2nd, 2005. With Sam George as your co-host yeah and uh, a listener actually sent this to me this week well that's pretty cool how crazy I'm is stuck that, that somebody has it yeah dude I've got a bunch
1: of them I don't know if I have the first one but I've got a bunch of them on mini TV because we taped those shows too we we didn't just do audio okay we have videotape of that
0: okay pretty rad dude. I listened to the full episode how was it really interesting actually really? Nice. yeah oh I, I thought it was really good. Uh a lot of effort went into it, a lot of production value that we don't employ. Yeah. I did do a, I show. did do a
1: lot of like I had a lot of sound bites. I did a lot of like I tried to make it like a real radio show that you would listen to, you know, sort of based on sports talk radio that you would hear on your drive home or whatever.
0: You did a good job, dude. I mean there was like you said Well, little... it wasn't just me, by the way. I had a lot of help doing okay. it. Okay.
1: But I mean it was my brainchild. You did I'll tell you the backstory there is I went into um I went into my boss's office and I, uh, I basically said, hey, I wanna do a surf talk radio show. And he's like, not gonna happen, you know? And I was like, What do you mean? We got this thing called the internet. I'm the online editorial director. This is going to be, you know, everyone likes to talk about surf. All this stuff we talk about in the office all day long. Believe me, listeners out there want to know about that. You know, fans of Surfer Magazine want to know about all the inside. We have all the inside stuff, man. In this office, you know, pro surfers are walking around. We can grab them, sit them down, blah, 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 blah. And the guy's like, no, I'm not going to happen. Hmm. You know, and that was sort of the mindset at Surfer. It was very much a print mentality. It was like the magazine is what we're all about. Everything else is yeah, okay, maybe cool idea. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was, you know, it was about, you know, a little power meeting with the publisher and the editor. Right. And you weren't invited in, you know, and it was awfully frustrating, but I basically said, okay, walked out of his office and just did it. Really? Yeah. And then his boss one day in a meeting, goes, "Hey, why aren't we doing internet radio?" And I'm like, "I, am. I go, I am." And he goes, "You are. How come nobody told me about it?" And of course, my immediately boss, my immediate boss, sort of sulked away and, you know, slithered sure. into his chair. Well, it was really well done. Um, we spent like I think I told you, I, yeah, I, I dropped like ten thousand dollars of their money on equipment when, in fact, we only need. I mean, look at you and I. We have about. Maybe $2,500 worth of equipment, two laptops and two microphones.
0: Yeah, times have changed. Yes. Uh, Interestingly, you opened up the show with the Allman Brothers song, Blue Sky. That does not surprise me at all.
1: Some things never change. No,
0: because when you and I first recorded an episode together about a year and a half ago. It was Blue Sky? Same exact song. Not only was it (laughs) Allman Brothers, but it was the same exact song. That's
1: my go-to song. Best song ever, by the way.
0: Well, you had a... Right um, up there
1: with Neil Young's powder finger.
0: You also had quite a bit of commercials in this first episode. Yeah, we one had of, sponsors, huh? You did. One of which was... We need um, those. H2O Audio commercial, which was an iPod housing device. I used to wear it. That's what you said. I was wondering if you were just like Oh, yeah. No, there's
1: pictures out there on the internet of me surfing with my H2O Audio. Hilarious. No, I loved dude. it. And I still love it. It's just one of those things that, like technology, mm-hmm. you know, it just it, it went out of... Style, you know, the yeah. iPod is basically obsolete. Yeah, nobody really listens to music anymore, or never ever did, but I did. Yeah, uh, in the water. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, H2O Audio, hilarious. Dude. Yeah,
0: I can't Like,
1: hey, it is fun to sit in the lineup and listen to music.
0: But you had earphones in. I got ear waterproof. Uh, rats, and so, when yeah. you duck dive, they don't get ripped out of your ear. Or? No, they sit back here, kind of like behind your neck. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, one other thing that was happening during this episode was Kelly. And Andy uh, were surfing in the Nova Shin Pro in Brazil. And for some reason, you guys were referring to it as not a rivalry. I guess Kelly and Andy were not fully acknowledging that they had a rivalry going. And you guys were kind of speculating that, like, I think this is more of a rivalry than these guys are letting on. Which, of course, you guys are right, because in hindsight, it is the greatest rivalry.
1: Right. And then in 06 was that epic moment at Pipeline. Yeah, With Andy and Kelly.
0: So kind of interesting just as a time capsule to go back and listen to.
1: Well, like, yeah. Speaking of time capsules, you've seen them. I have tons of tapes of the show that I have just, I just need to get on the ball and, and my computer doesn't even take input from a video camera anymore. You know, like things are changing.
0: Um, Another thing, Sam George was your co-host. He is incredibly knowledgeable and, like, everything that you guys talk about on the show, he has some story about it that he knew the guy that started oh, yeah. the thing No, it all like,
1: involves Sam. It's all Sam all the time. Believe me, with Sam.
0: He's co- I like <laughs> no, him, He's though. a
1: great co-host. He's a yeah. great talker, and he's very engaging. And that's why I had him. I'm like, the, Sam's going to carry the show for me because, you know, I'm sort of limited in my abilities to – to inform, engage, entertain, and um, two right. people, it works good. Right. Sam could carry a show on his own, but right. everything revolves around like. Basically, Sam was there on the moon when the guy went golfing. You know what I mean? Like right. Sam knew the guy that made the golf ball. Right. Like Sam's, in it's like you know six degrees of separation with Sam George. But it's true though, right? I mean, I I assume it is. Yeah, I don't. I like can't say that it's not. Smoke. No, no. I mean, there's probably some editorial embellishment on some level somewhere. You know, yeah. but.
0: Whatever, but, but also his knowledge set is profound. He's
1: extremely smart. He's yeah. very well versed and well read. He 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 you know he knows surfing backwards and forwards. Now you know he, he's got sort of a like we all do. We all have our sort of subjective prism that we see things through, um, and and that's fair. Like you know, like I said, we all we all have that.
0: Mm. You guys were talking about a wave pool as well that was being developed, which is funny because. That was a conversation we had last week. So some of those topics that you guys had were like relevant to modern topics that we're still having 10 years later. He related the wave pool to, um, uh, sex with a blow up doll. (laughs) (laughs) That's really good. Yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, so that episode I'll, I'll maybe email the guy that sent it to me and, um, see if maybe he would allow me to post this available for everybody else. To Why wouldn't he? To. It's
1: my content. I own it.
0: No. Do you have, do you physically have, a oh, copy I don't know, of it? but no? I mean, what's he
1: going to do? Hold on to it and try to sell it or something. <laughs> He's going to
0: sell it back to you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I may have it. I mean, no, it's, it's I out mean, there
0: in the internet world somewhere. So. No. And I'm sure he'd be cool with it, but I thought it was cool that he sent it to me. He was actually, uh, what, who was it? I'll look it up right now. He's from Idaho. I think. Oh, really? So a landlocked know. listener in Idaho. Hmm. Really kind of interesting, you know, when you get emails like that. Um, That's
1: cool that the guy still has,
0: I wonder if he has all
1: of those episodes. He should hold on to them. I guess they're like back issues of Surfer Magazine.
0: Yeah, Mark Corney hmm. is the guy's name. So thank you, Mark, for that. That yeah. was super entertaining to listen to. Scott, and it kind of made me feel more proud to be involved with this current endeavor. I mean, I knew that it had existed for a long time and all the good work that you did with it, but it's like, I don't well, know. Made, yeah. me, made me proud to be part of the legacy. Well, thanks.
1: I, I'm stoked to have you as a part of it because um, the show's better than ever, I think. Thank it's you. It's really good. And, um, you know, we're coming up on the 10-year anniversary of Surf Talk Radio. There's some other Surf Talk radios out there that are going to claim that they've been around longer. Mm. But purely Surf Talk Radio, I believe... No, no. Actually, there is the guy in Santa Barbara who's been doing it for a long time. Super cool guy. Um, is and- it
0: podcast, though?
1: No, he's actually was on the radio for a long time. He did he did a surf talk show, and it was a really good one too. And it was much more; it wasn't so pro surfing centric. It was more like environment surf. Kind of had like a, I guess I could characterize it as like a um, a free surf type of show. You know, it was more like yeah, yeah. It was more like Central Coast California type talk.
0: All right, I got two more. What about the fappening? Two more heady topics, one of which is the fappening, dude.
1: Explain the fappening to the listeners before you tell me more about the fappening.
0: I'm going to just say it's probably the best name for a news story that I've ever heard of. Um, Fapping is a British term for masturbating, basically. You're kidding.
1: I had no idea. Fapping is masturbating in England? Are you serious? I did not know. I
0: thought you were just playing dumb. Uh Yeah, yeah. To fap is to masturbate. Okay. So, interesting. So anyways, um, somebody hacked into the cloud, the iCloud, and um, stole a bunch of nude photos from hundreds of female celebrities and then posted them out on the internet. Jennifer Lawrence, among the most famous uh, A-list celebrities. You have all those downloaded on your
1: machine right now? <laughs> Kate
0: Upton. Um, Kate Upton, Jennifer Lawrence. I forget who else. It was just like a bunch of celebrities. How do celebrities. they look? Well... Let me let me get to the point real quick. Uh, right. One of the celebrities, quote unquote celebrities, was our own Alana Blanchard.
1: Alana, Alana, she's got nude photos of there. Alana had nude How photos
0: nude? saved on her com, on her. How iCloud. revealing are these uh, Alana Blanchard topless? Nudes? Topless, Topless. Not bottomless.
1: And what kind of, um, is she like seductive or are they just like
0: yeah, changing in of, her bathroom? Kind of. So, for the record, I've seen these photos. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you
1: say that with such a, a low tone of voice? Just go ahead and say it proudly that you, well, I, hey, I look, just want to make it. You're known. doing research.
0: Well, dude, it's for the show. Exactly. I'm not like a perv or More something. More power I'm to Just you. like, hey, now. So, High five. so I will say it's not that fantastic. Let's put it, Let's get straight. There's naked She's not
1: Pamela Anderson. Well,
0: let's just get it straight. If you want to see boobies on the internet, They're you can there. find them. Yeah, it's kind of like and fantastic ones, mm-hmm. might I add, <laughs> Alana, <laughs> We've seen her in all but nudity, right, for it's years and years and years. Better and years. with the a little bit. Like on. I saw the photos, and it's like, yeah, whatever, dude. I'm mm-hmm. not even like yeah. really. You didn't go fap. I did not go okay, for the record. Right. I did not. Right, um, right. And there were just selfies that she took with her camera. Maybe she's sending them to Jack Freestone, her boyfriend. Who I mean, that's kind of what they looked like. Right, you know? right, right. So nothing that titillating. That's
1: too bad. Actually, it's kind of a bummer. This whole thing about, I mean, there's just this fine line between privacy. And I mean, you'd be bummed if it was your girlfriend or your wife. Like,
0: oh, yeah, I, I would never there's a allow lot.
1: There's a lot wrong with this fappening story. I yeah. think that. That, you know, as guys, our general position is, oh, cool. You know, and then, then you sit and you start to think about it and I've got a daughter and it just seems like, it just seems wrong. Deep down, it just feels wrong.
0: Yeah. I honestly didn't think it was that cool when I heard of it. It was, I felt the same way as you, where it's like, hey, if I want to see boobies on the internet, I can find them. I don't need to really see this. But, uh, kind of what the bigger story is here for me was that beach grit did the first article on it. And they took that exact approach. They were like, I don't, I think Chaz Smith might've wrote it or maybe Derek Riley did, but they basically said like, look, this happened. Um, don't go search it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we implore you to just kind of take the high road, yeah. respect Alana's uh, privacy and don't go search That's it out. That's cool. Good for Which them. Which was funny That's, because that is surprising it's Beech- surprising for Beach Grit yeah. because they are the TMZ. But what was By the way, that's code for Go Search It Out.
1: Well, that, you know, every twenty year old male that like exactly. checks Beach Grit every day is all about that.
0: And and they probably are too, Beach Grit themselves. But what was weird to me was that Stab magazine posted an article a day or two later which mirrored their same sentiment. It was well, kind of written
1: like, Grit and Stab are sort of tied together Derek, tip, aren't
0: they? R- Derek Riley started Stab Magazine right. with um Oh god, I can't think of Whoever, yeah. uh yeah, it'll come to so, me. So, so Derek's but, part of Stab. He's like a publisher, Derek, right? But Derek left stab.
1: Oh, was there a falling out?
0: I'm not sure what the story is. We need to kind of get to the bottom mm-hmm. of that. But Derek left stab and is now doing Beach Grit with Chaz Smith solely and doing Lawson. Beach Grit. That's how I he don't makes know his, his living. I don't know if it's solely or oh, wow. what the deal is. But he left stab. All right. So I don't know if if. Uh, he has any involvement with Stab, and maybe he fed the article to Stab, but Stab took the same approach. And then what was even more kind of depressing, we should check
1: the masthead on Stab and see if Derek's on the masthead. That'll tell us if there's been a falling out or not.
0: Yeah. What was more kind of bothersome to me was that the inertia then wrote an article five days later, taking the exact same approach. It was like they just ripped off Stab and Beach Grit and tried to take this well, pious. Well, I mean approach. that's the
1: approach we're taking. I mean that's the right yeah, but, approach. But, but I mean, what what but, other option do you have? Either go search it out or don't. I don't know. It's and just, I think don't it was is, just
0: weird that it looked to me like the inertia was ripping off the pious kind of like they they read the stab thing and go, hey, this is a good approach to take on this thing to come out clean where we're breaking the story that there's nude photos, but we're also taking the pious approach of saying, I don't know if don't pious is,
1: with- is the right phrase for this. I, this is just the high road.
0: Yeah. Right? Well, I let mean, me look up the definition of Pius, Are you suggesting that they like plagiarized? It, the is defi- that what you're suggesting? That I would, they plagiarized straight from Beach I'm not Grit gonna, and Stab? Or plagiarized that, is Because most people are going to take the but high road. plagiarized is a strong term that has legal connotation. Right. I wouldn't say they plagiarized. I would say that they really liked the way that Stab stabs approach on this thing and so they just thought let's take the same approach right the same tone the same tone and it just felt yeah just like hey dude you're late to this party Mm -hmm. and maybe like you said we're even later to the party by reporting it now a month late because this happened in kind of early september oh wow but um i had no idea yeah Something that I would like to point out from Webland, a um, couple of little video stuff going on. Red Bull is producing a brand new series called Qualifying. And they're following five pro surfers in their effort to qualify for the world tour. And they've got a range of young up-and-comers who have never been on the tour before who are just starting their journey all the way to Damien Hobgood, who spent 14 years on tour. So the guys that they're profiling are... Evan Geiselman, uh, Ezekiel Lau, Nathan Hedge, Pat Godowskis, and Damian Hobgood. And it looks like it's made to the same quality that they've done their 21 Days series and some of their other video stuff. So I'm excited to see that. They have a preview video out for it now. The actual series will start being published at the end of October, which is any day now. So um, look forward to that. Qualifying by Red Bull. Qualifying by Red Bull. Another, cool. I've been also promoting Vice's sports series that they've been doing. They did that video with Greg Long, which I talked about. One with Kelly Slater. They also they have a series called Fightland, which profiles mixed martial artists of all different walks of life. They just did an episode with Dustin Barca, who's running for mayor in Hawaii, um, and that's coming up, I think, next month. That that the mayoral race, the mayoral November. Vote. Like yeah. the
1: second Tuesday in November, right? Yeah.
0: And so they, they've they got kind of a lead-up video to that. But Where does he
1: stand? Do you know where Dustin Bark—I'll try to Google it right now and see. What do you mean, where does he stand? Like, is he in the polling? Does
0: is he, is he have a chance to win? I don't know. Yeah, he does. He definitely has a chance to win. But this video um, also profiles him as an MMA fighter and professional surfer and gives the backstory of how he got into his fight with Monsanto and the the GMOs that— uh, test on Kauai and that was his kind of platform to run on for the mayoral thing. He never intended to become to pursue politics, but it was more of a campaign against all the um, the GMOs that are testing on their fertile grounds in Hawaii where they or in Kauai where they have like you know six seasons basically that they can harvest on as opposed to one season on the mainland, which is why those companies uh, test there. So definitely check out that video. I'll have it on surf Um, and then there was one other video that was worth watching. Oh, the Chanel commercial would just sell did you oh, watch yes, that? The
1: Chanel. I thought it was great. Chanel. <laughs> She's gorgeous.
0: Chanel, the high fashion brand, uh, is releasing, I don't know, a new perfume or something. It was something. so corny. It was epic. Was it? Yeah, it Tell was... me your thoughts. Break down the video and give me your thoughts on it.
1: She's gorgeous. Um, And she continues to be gorgeous. And she looks great in that little skimpy wetsuit. And she catches a massive wave at Chopu. They superimpose her her body on this wave, sort of like they did when the Batman episode, when the Joker's surfing and Batman surfing, you know, they just superimpose them with, you know, massive waves behind them. Right. And um, I just thought that she looked great. I mean, mean, (laughs) are you going to buy a Chanel surfboard? No, I'm not. I just. Like I said, it was so corny and I think that they made it corny on purpose. Like it was so
0: corny. It was good. So it's like the storyline is like, she's got this she mansion on the beach a, yeah. and her boyfriend is watching her surf Chopu from the mansion on the beach, which physically isn't the way that that lineup exists. But nevertheless, um, she catches a wave and he like leaves the house. And I think it's a, a, perfume commercial. So, like, she smells a scent when she gets back home and she goes to chase him down or something. But not only are they selling perfume, but they're actually selling surfboards now, too. They have a lineup. Of, yeah, they have a quiver of surfboards available for sale. I think the cheapest one was, like, 1700 bucks or something. Um, but we a couple listeners tweeted and emailed this to us, like, hey, kook or duke move right here. I think it's obviously a kooky move, yes. but just funny. I mean, it's not even, I mean... There's not even an attempt to really be taken seriously. exactly. But I agree with you. Giselle is unbelievable. By the way, she's Brazilian. So I know you're anti-Brazo, but... No, no. That's
1: one of the reasons to root for the Brazilians is... um,
0: Got a few females that are worth looking at. And she's she's unbelievable. And Kelly Slater used to date Giselle, which is Mm -hmm. worth noting. Yes. She's now in the Tom Brady camp with a couple of kitties. But that's all from Webland. I'm trying to find where potential
1: uh, Dustin Barca's mayoral polling is where he resides. I'm having an issue trying to find the, some polling results.
0: Figured out in post and then post all the stuff on um, yeah. the websites. But I'll definitely have that Vice Land or the uh, Fight Land video from Vice on surfsplendorpodcast.com and down the line radio.com. I
1: thought it'd be fun if we did a power rankings and maybe we can ask the listeners to send in what who they think their power rankings are. But the power rankings of the surf industry brands, like which brands are at the top and which brands are moving up or down in the polling, you know, and, and you know, as I sort of think about it, and I'd be interested to hear, of course, what you have to say about this, but the power rankings, for instance, I would say the number one brand in surfing right now is Hurley. I would agree. And then I would say that you could argue that next would be um, Rip Curl. And I'm just riffing right now, based on Gab, Gabriel, and all the all the press he's going to be getting. Yeah, and Mick, right? So, so you've got Hurley, you've got uh, Rip Curl. I would say Channel Islands might be number three. Wow, really? When I'm talking about surf brands, though, I'm not talking about like. You know, youth lifestyle brands that no, call I, themselves surf, but I'm, I'm talking just, about legit surf brands. I know?
0: I think that's a good call, but I wasn't expecting. It. I was expecting another clothing. brand. Well,
1: I'm kind of well. That's what I mean. Like clothing's not a surf brand in my eyes. You know, like like Hurley makes wetsuits and they make board shorts. And oh, by the way, Bob Hurley is the most hardcore surfer ever. Yeah. Like you know he he shapes when you're when you're the guy that leads the the company is a shaper. Yeah. You know and started as a shaper. Well, guess what? That's a surf company even if they sell like, you know, swim fins or whatever. So, um, you know, a lot of this is based on what I think is a surf company, what you think is a surf company. So those might be the top three, you know, and if we could break down maybe the top 10 surf companies in a power rankings and why they're making their moves up and down based on certain things that are happening.
0: Yeah, let's do that. Let's get listener feedback, email um, email us through our websites or social media us and let us know what your thoughts are and let's come up with some informed opinions. Yeah, give us your top back. five maybe. Top yeah. five. We'll come back next show. I mean, Surf what, brands. What you got to factor into that is like you say Rip Curl. I agree with you, but Rip Curl's presence in California isn't really too significant. I would say we got to factor in worldwide um presence um what their kind of what their what their own marketing market-
1: stuff is like yeah. like there's companies like Ruka who um you know yeah Ruka has some surf in their DNA but they're also like mixed martial arts right. like the, to exactly. me that's not a hardcore surf brand that's a brand that's a youth lifestyle brand as yeah. i
0: mentioned before but they still fa- they still qualify as a surf brand well but the power th- ranking i'm saying
1: i'm saying no they don't like i'm saying really why because Give me a reason. Why? Because they put like surf pictures on their website? or Well, no, because they, well, they but sponsor and support
0: a, pro surfers.
1: Well, who? Who do they sponsor and support? Nobody on the CT. Alex Nost is probably the yeah, number no, one Yeah, no,
0: yeah, Ford Archibald. Oh, Macua, well, I don't even want to say Macua. Ford Archibald, but uh, Matt Archibald. <laughs> Um, so there's some guys, but, but, but I would say yeah.
1: that, that if you went to them and go, Hey, are you a surf company? They'd say, no, we're a youth lifestyle company.
0: Sure. sure and sure. so
1: in my eyes, then if, if you're not going to claim hundred percent surf or like that you're hundred percent of your DNA is surf, then you're not really a surf company. You're a company that likes surfing and is a part of surfing, but that's not who your company is. You're also into mixed martial arts. You're also into like art, art, you know, whatever. It was founded in surfing. Conan Hayes was one of the founders of RUCA. Maybe, but but my point is, is that they're I know. they're sort of like a they have a broader reach. I think they're they more do. encompassing.
0: Well, I would say whoever's making the argument, all they got to do is convince us uh, the listener maybe is making Ruka's the argument is on
1: the list. But they're certainly, in my eyes, that's not they could never be at the top because they're never one hundred percent all in on sure. surf. You know, like they don't build wetsuits, they don't make surfboards; they're just capitalizing on the imagery.
0: Right, I agree with you. Um, we'll come back with our power rankings in two weeks from now. Exactly. Uh do you have a must see moment, Dukes and Cooks and all that jazz or should I break it down?
1: Well, I think the must see moment's already been seen by everybody.
0: The I, Kelly I agree. 540. That's my must see moment That's for sure. That's the must see moment. And specifically, I will say and post the tour notes video that Peter King does. Yeah, uh, I'm a I big thought fan. that was the best breakdown of the 540 cuz PK not only gets the gets an angle on it uh filming, but then He shows Kelly the video once Kelly gets to the beach and gets an interview of Kelly watching the video and then gets an interview with Brett Simpson and Kaloe who are out in the water with them watching the video all within, you know, 20 minutes after the air happens. And Peter King, I've actually spent some time with him on the beach before, and he has this Panasonic camera. That has Wi-Fi in it, so when he films something, he beams it over to his phone, and he can upload it instantly. Oh, so within minutes after filming a clip, he's got it posted on Instagram. That is know? awesome. And so, um, yeah, pretty cool. Peter's a cool dude, and um, and so, anyways, uh, he does this tour notes video. It's a minute and a half long, showing Kelly's 540 plus all those interviews. It's a great way to kind of uh, get it in a bite-sized form. So that's the must-see moment for the week my duke for the week is my hometown hero Brett Simpson for taking out Gabriel Medina in round 3 and forcing the world title race to pipeline. Well, that that that's a great pick. Um
1: it seems like that's sort of Brett's calling, huh? Like he, like he, he's the perfect guy to be the upsetter here.
0: Yeah. And Brett's had a tough year and continued that poor form after he beat Gabriel Medina by losing in round four. I don't think he got 10 point total. And then losing in round five against Adam Melling with like literally needing a three something. And Melling had super low scores. And that was a heat where the waves did not show up, but man, it's painful to lose needing a three.
1: Yeah, it is tough. It's a tough one. To swallow.
0: but nevertheless, he's my Duke and um, my Kook of the week. CJ Hobgood for his faceplant into a rock. Wow. Did you see this? Um I did actually see that. Yeah. Wow. And where was that? In Florida that was, somewhere? No, it was Portugal? in Portugal during this event. Cuz he got injured, but he injured his foot. That was separate. Uh. So, in one of the free surf days, That looks silly. CJ Hobgood is in the water free surfing uh down the road from the contest zone with a number of pros, but one of which was Felipe Toledo. And Felipe and him are riffing out in the water, and Felipe's like, dude, you got to do an aerial on this next wave. So CJ gets a left, does this little straight air, stomps it in front of this rocky outcropping that's actually, uh, like, above water. Yeah, like
1: Five feet above water. Somehow
0: man. CJ doesn't look at the rocks. CJ lands the air and instead of looking in front of him, looks back to Felipe and starts claiming it. Like, hey, did you see my air? Did you see my air? <laughs> and then the moment that he turns back to the beach, the rock is right in front of him. Like you said, three or five feet out of the water. CJ goes headfirst into the rocks.
1: Gnarly. Like,
0: so gnarly. Gnarliest wipeout ever. Face plants into the dry rock and then somehow doesn't get injured but comes into the beach. We've got a video of it. Again, we'll post it. And is talking to the cameraman. It's like, what the heck did you see that? I can't believe I didn't get injured. I guess his shoulder hit first, but it's the craziest wipeout ever. Um, that's my kook of the week because, number one, why are you claiming a freaking lame air? I know it was kind of ironically and so that get, or Felipe would see you, but CJ, kook move, dude. Look for the rocks before you wow. look for the claim. And then like you said um, – Right before his heat in round three, he was free surfing down the beach and suffered a horrible gash on the bottom of his left foot. They showed a picture of it. He posted it on Instagram. It's just this wide open, I mean, you can see hollowness in his foot. The thing is so, so deep and forced him to not surf his round three heat, which Adam Melling got a bye through and then ended up losing in the quarterfinals. So
1: heavy, heavy heavy stuff, stuff,
0: man. Yes, indeedy. Well, um, I guess that's
1: kind of all we got. Yeah, we do. It's a good show, though, dude. Yeah, let me get some uh, out music going here for us. And um, I guess we're going to do this in two weeks, right? Yes, sir. And you'll be able to hear this probably later today, right? You're going to send me the file? Yes, sir. I like it. All right, well, look, until next
0: time, for David Scales, I'm Scott Bass. Uh, Do you want to give an email address? Hello at surfsplendorpodcast.com and then of course on social media at Surf Splendor, And you can email me at
1: surftalksandiego at gmail.com surftalksandiego at gmail.com And so until next time, adios and aloha.
0: All right, I've got a little bit of unofficial math for you in regards to the world title race. Going into Pipeline, for Kelly to win the world title, he must win Pipe, while having Mick place third or worse and Gabriel place 13th or 25th. So Kelly is now kind of the long shot to win Pipe, and Mick Fanning has, of course, bettered his situation. However, if Gabriel places 13th or 25th at Pipe, Mick must place third to beat Gabriel or fifth to tie. And if they do tie, they will actually have a surf off according to the ASP rulebook. If Gabriel places ninth at pipe, Mick must place second at pipe to claim the world title. And Kelly has no chance at that point. And if Gabriel places third or fifth, Mick must win the event. And if Gabriel makes the final at pipe, he wins the world title period. Even if he gets second, Mick wins the event. If they're in the final together, Gabriel still would win the event. So it's basically coming down to Mick and Gabriel, just vying for better position throughout pipeline. And if Gabe goes down early, Kelly still has a chance to win the event or win the title by winning the event in short. So those are the unofficial scenarios, unofficial because oftentimes people present better math down the line and, uh, and prove us wrong. So until then, those are the stats. And um, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you, Scott Bass, for helping co-host. And again, if you enjoy this show and you want to invest in the future of the show, simply share it with a friend. That is what you can do to help this show grow. You're our only form of advertising. And so, you know, just you spreading it through word of mouth is the way that this show grows. Follow us on social media, and that's kind of an easy way to share the show. We're at surf Splendor on Twitter and Instagram. And then, of course, Facebook.com forward slash SurfSplendor. Also, go through the archives. Listen to past episodes. Everything is free on our website in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. And then also on our website, we have an archive of music. So feel free to check that out. There's playlists for every episode of Surf Splendor. Uh, from the beginning. So enjoy. As I said, at the beginning of this show, we will be back at the beginning of next week with an all new episode of Surf Splendor, featuring a conversation with Timmy Curran, which I think is really cool. Loved Timmy surfing growing up. So look forward to that. All right, we will see you next week. And until then, this is your host of Surf Splendor, David Scales, signing off saying, until next time, ciao.